It's time for episode 415 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 8th, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that doesn't have time for shenanigans. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my good friend and pal and dungeon buddy, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing today, Micah? I'm doing well today, Dan. I'm, I'm uh, you know, trying to avoid the shenanigans, as, as mm-hmm, we say, mm-hmm. but um, I think that, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good day. It's a very good day. Okay. Good. When I do them, by the way, they're shenanigans. Oh, my God. Um, but... <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> there are so many options. Anyways, we'll move along properly. This is, of course, the show where we invite on two fantastic guests to talk about four tech topics. To my left this week, it is a technology reporter at the Washington Post and my former colleague at Macworld. It's Heather Kelly. Welcome back, Heather. Hello, hello. And to my left, new to the show as far as being a guest goes, is the host and producer of Let's Talk Apple. It's Bart Bouchots. Welcome to the show, Bart. My absolute pleasure to be here we are happy to have you all right i'm gonna kick things off this week i want to know if you had more space in your abode or perhaps a differently laid out space what is the piece of technology or what kind of setup would you upgrade well maybe you just don't have room for it now or you're not ideally set up for it but it's something that you covet perhaps heather is there anything that falls in this category for you i'd like a chair (laughs) (laughs) i I have spent the pandemic sitting on the edge of a bed in my bedroom working oh, every God. single day. I want a monitor. I want one of those $5,000 baller like Eames office chairs. I want some headphones that didn't just come with my phone. Uh, maybe like a power strip. Yeah, that's my dream. It's simple, but expensive because I would also need a new house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. Um, yeah, a chair would be awesome. Uh, I do have a chair for me. It would be, um, upgrading my monitors. I don't have a lot more room on my desk for monitors that are bigger than the ones that I have. I've got two 24 inch, uh, monitors and at work, I've got some much bigger ones that I use, but I'm not there very often right now because of the pandemic. And so I haven't uh, really gotten to spread out on those larger screens in quite a while. Yeah, so I would like to do that. Right now, I'm um, pulling up screens on all sorts of different devices so that I have the room that I want to uh, work with. What about you, Bart? Well, obviously, you can never have too many screens, but leaving that obvious answer aside, and this may require a TARDIS-like extension to my house, but what I really, really want is more solar panels on the roof and one of those Tesla Powerwall contraptions so that I can hoover up electricity during the day and then shove it into my car at night. Uh, those are all great answers. I think for me, what is intru- what I uh, ended up doing this week as I moved to a new house with a lot more space was I actually had a way to set up a surround sound system, which was very exciting. For the first time ever, I've been using like an old receiver, uh, stereo receiver that my dad gave me in like the mid 90s. And it finally, you know, was like, you know what, it's time to upgrade. So I bought a, a Sonos Arc soundbar. I had a couple old Sonos Play One speakers. And so I used those to set up the rear surrounds. And now I actually have surround sound. And it's pretty great. You know, I, I, I poo-pooed it for a long time thinking, ah, oh, the stereo speakers are fine. But 
I really enjoy, if nothing else, the ability to have a center channel that actually plays dialogue clearly. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, but I'm glad to hear everybody has goals, uh, be they ever so modest. Um, all right, let's move on to our second topic, which comes from Heather. Hello. And now I, I will admit this is entirely self-centered and I may use your answers for an article. What is in like, everybody has like their emergency kit for earthquakes and whatnot, but what is in your tech emergency kit? Do you have charged backup batteries, extra cords, one of those little solar chargers, a ham radio? Um, when the power and the cell phones go out, what, what are you going to use? Well, when the cell phones go out, yes, that certainly will be a problem. Um, for me, I have a couple of extra uh, battery uh, chargers. But again, it's kind of like, if there's not cell service, what am I going to be doing with my phone taking selfies of myself uh, in this horrible situation and hoping I can post them to Instagram sometime five years whenever we reemerge after the nuclear uh, holocaust? I don't know. Uh, but what I will say is that um, I have purchased one of the uh, not a, not a ham radio, I don't think, whatever the emergency radio is, like the NOAA weather radio dealy that has the little crank. Um, and I also use an app that doesn't require having um, a, an internet connection once you have downloaded and you know gone through the different parts of it. It's called uh, Harbor. And it is uh, this great app that has a bunch of preparation stuff inside of it. I recommend everybody uh, check it out at, at the very least uh, because it tells you it, it sort of you can organize it by the different types of disasters and then it has information for all of that. But then it also talks about like organizing uh, contact information and what uh, things might happen in different situations. So what you might need for those. Um, but most of the emergency preparedness is non-tech stuff. Uh, I remember reading a wire cutter article, uh, which will soon cost what six bucks a month, but for now, uh, still available. And it talked about uh, creating your own sort of to go uh, kit. And uh, that was very helpful in setting things up. What about you, Bart? I'm sorry to say that my kit has been tested, although it's not quite for your typical natural disaster because Ireland doesn't have earthquakes, hurricanes, volcanoes. Ireland just isn't trying to kill you as, as a general rule. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, my my hubby has a long running serious medical condition where we regularly have to simply run to the hospital. It's, it just it happens. You know, maybe it's once or twice a year, but it happens. So we have a go bag perpetually packed sitting next to the front door with all the practical stuff like a change of clothes, many days of underwear. Uh, but the tech stuff has actually really evolved over the years because it's actually really important when you're having a crappy time of things to, to, to be able to keep you know, some sanity with some tech. So, Micah, I think you recommended the Gridit in a recent show. Mm -hmm. So we we have a gridded with a spare, a completely spare. It never leaves the go bag of every charger we need. Nice. We have a four-way power adapter, a fully charged battery pack, and a fully charged 4G dongle, which means that we can end up in any hospital and we will have electricity and we will have internet. And the chances are very high in Irish hospitals. There won't be any other internet. So every other patient in the shared room will absolutely love us to bits because we come bearing internet. <laughs> uh, I don't have a great emergency prepare kit either for tech or non-tech, I admit. Uh, I'm lucky enough to live in a place where emergencies are less common, but I do have a travel 
at least for emergencies for like you know natural reasons we don't really get as many forest fires or uh bad storms and stuff like that um i hear the heavy sigh i do have a travel (laughs) kit ready to go for like travel purposes which contains like backup batteries and a whole bunch of cables and stuff like that so that's kind of like my tech uh, go bag as Bart was sort of describing. It's not quite kitted out as much because I don't have a, a hotspot or anything, but I'm relatively confident that with the contents of that bag, I can at least keep devices charged for a while as to whether or not we'll be able to get connectivity. I mean, that depends more on the cell networks going out and stuff like that. Um, so, which is why I always make sure to have a charged e-reader as well and some candles because <laughs> that's the oldest technology fire. Heather, why don't you wrap us up? I love that you have a charged e-reader instead of like a book. Heather, I have a lot of books. On it. <laughs> I have a lot of books, but they're heavy. Um, so I think Mika and I are both a little jealous that you guys live places that aren't actively trying to kill you. Um, yeah. I, I have a ton of batteries. They're mostly all charged. Also, when I think there might be a power outage, I charge up any laptops around because those are good like backup fake batteries. I have the drawers of cords. Um, we have a little solar thing that will get you like just enough juice mm-hmm. to send an emergency text. Um, and then I download, I do things like I download Google Maps for an area. Oh, so I smart. have it all there ahead of time in case I need to get somewhere and don't have the internet. Um, and that's, that's about it. I feel, I feel constantly underprepared. I have a lot of water. It's all lit. <laughs> that's, <but>. that's good. <laughs> Lots of water. All right, that's two topics down, two topics left to go, which of course means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And we want to tell you this week about something going on that's exciting with Relay FM. And that is, of course, that September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And for the third consecutive year, Relay FM are supporting the life saving mission of St. Jude's Research Hospital, finding cures, saving children. For almost 60 years, St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital has been on the front lines of research, care, and treatment of childhood cancer. Treatments invented at St. Jude have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80% since opening. With one in five children not surviving, St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer, but they need our support. This September, Relay FM is aiming to raise over $300,000 for the kids of St. Jude during our third annual Relay FM for St. Jude fundraising campaign. You can help by making a donation at stjude.org slash relay. This year, any donor making a single gift of $100 or more will receive an exclusive Relay FM Stickers of Thanks pack at the end of the campaign. If your company matches donations, please send us a note. We can have that amount routed to the campaign. Email Stephen at Stephen at Relay.fm. And the Relay FM podcast-a-thon for St. Jude will be happening on September 17th from noon to 8 p.m. Eastern Time at twitch.tv slash RelayFM. Tune in to help us support St. Jude and donate at stjude.org slash Relay. I can say uh, Mike and I both participated in something I believe airs in the podcast-a-thon. podcast-a-thon. It's a lot of fun. You're really going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's cure childhood cancer together. Thanks, everybody, for your support of St. Jude and Relay FM. All right. Halftime is over. Micah, what is your topic? All right. Uh, Amazon is going to be bringing its cashierless just walk out um, idea to some different Whole Foods stores. Uh, I guess the first ones are going to open in uh, Washington, D.C. and in California. And the whole idea is that you go inside, there's nobody that's uh, a cashier, you, you grab some stuff and then you leave and it automatically is paid for. Uh, but my question for you is, 
uh, first of all, I'm a little like weirded out and kind of intimidated by the concept of just going in, getting things and then walking out. Uh, how do you feel about the idea in general? And what do you think could make that experience better? Bart, we'll start with you. I think the thing that weirds me out is that I don't know what it thinks it knows about me. So it, it is a supposedly intelligent computer. And in all of my experiences of computing, they're not nearly as intelligent as they're supposed to be ever. So I would want some sort of way of knowing what it thinks I'm at, I'm up to. So whether that means a companion app where I can watch it total up, or if you want to get like really space agey cool, like some sort of magic mirror next to the door that when you go to walk out, it shows you plus what it thinks you've got or something or maybe if it thinks you know everything okay everything not okay i'm happy with you i'm cranky with you i i would need feedback i i don't trust computers to do what they're supposed to do so i would need a mechanism to know what the store thinks i'm up to uh generally i approve of anything that makes me feel like i'm getting away with something so the idea of a system that like i can feel like i'm stealing stuff out of a store that seems great no uh (laughs) i i i don't know i i don't mind the idea of trying to speed up checkout generally if i'm in a store that has self-checkout i will opt for that but in cases like this i feel like if i have a couple items it's like oh look i need to run into the store because i have this i need one thing that i forgot for this meal tonight and i hate having to wait behind people who have like 50 items because like i just i gotta get home with this one thing but if i have a big you know cart full of stuff i don't mind having to go through the checkout process go through the cashier etc so i maybe this is a thing that needs to start off as like a you know five items or fewer or something like that so that you can sort of test it because I'm, I'm with bart that i feel uncomfortable when i'm like well what does it think i'm buying how does it know is it really accurate uh, do I get charged later? Is it like the toll booths, like on the highway, where they'll charge me later if it turns out I got something that I wasn't supposed to have? So, uh, general distrust of computers, I think, definitely factors into it. Heather, what about you? Professionally, I am against this. It is not <laughs> the most secure thing to be doing with your your data, your information, what you're shopping. It's using facial recognition. It's using tracking on your device. Um, Amazon's also testing out these palm readers that are in some of the whole food stores, which like biometric data is even more sensitive and they're just throwing it up there in the cloud personally. So there's an Amazon ghost store next to my office and I freaking love it. I just run in there. <laughs> I get my sandwich. I'm out. I can microwave it if it's like a breakfast sando. Um, so, you know, do, do as I write about, not as I, I do personally is, is what I would say there. <laughs> Uh, all very interesting answers. So for me, I think, um, not, not to be a, a, a big downer, but, um, one of the, the biggest issues is I just, uh, thanks to the color of my skin already have, uh, a number of times gone into a store that's not a just walkout store and been followed around by someone working at the store because, uh, they've decided that I'm there to steal things. And so I think that that certainly plays a role in my discomfort about um, sort of just walk out stores. And uh, I do this sort of performative dance anytime I go into a store uh, that because Apple stores are a little bit like that. And um, lately, restaurants have offered a uh, scan the QR code on the receipt and pay without even needing to have any interaction with the server after that and then leave. And you do this sort of pantomime like, oh, I have paid. And now I am walking out and I have my receipt with me very clearly so everyone can see, Um, which isn't fun. And I know contributes to my sort of like, oh, man, this this feels weird. 
weird. But at the same time, I do wonder if there would be a sort of freedom that I would feel going into one of these stores um, that I don't get to experience so much elsewhere where I do feel like I have to put on a show so that um, I'm not profiled for the color of my skin. Uh, Here it might be, oh yeah, I feel like I can actually just grab stuff and walk out and I don't need to think about it at all. Um, So yeah, there's part of it that I think could be fun and part of it that is, um, you know, some sort of learned behavior. Uh, but it's coming to California somewhere. So maybe I will make a trip of it. We'll see. All right. Thank you all for your answers on that. Let's move to our final topic, which comes from Bart. So at the end of last week, Apple uh, released quite a lot of detail about the digital IDs they had promised us. I think it was at WWDC. Um, And I guess unlike the CSAM announcement, they actually gave us the details. So I spent quite a bit of time reading up like like the geeky nerd that I am. Um, And so I've sort of come to my own conclusions. But before I say anything to in any way bias people's discussion, what do you guys think? Is is it something you'd feel comfortable adding your ID into? I feel like I'm going to go back to what Heather was saying about the personally versus professional angles on this. Like, cause from a professional standpoint, it's like, I don't know the idea of having more data stored in your phone that could potentially be accessed, even if it's ideally kept securely seems risky. It's like a lot of stuff to put in one place. And like, if, as people get more dependent on that, it means if you lose your phone and it's like, well, I only had my ID on my phone. Now you have no ID. You have no means of communicating. Like you're basically helpless, right? It's, it's encouraging us to be dependent on our devices. That said, as a person who enjoys technology in places where it makes life easier, the idea of being able to, you know, walk up to the TSA checkpoint at the airport and just tap my phone and have it transmit a secure version of my license definitely seems helpful. Like from a purely, uh, you know, logistical standpoint, I feel like I would benefit from that because uh, I would probably set it up. But I think there are certainly concerns about not just the dependency, but overall security and certainly the idea of turning your phone over because I feel like there are definitely places where police will take advantage of this and tell you, just hand your phone over with your driver's license and unlock it for us. And you should never, ever, ever, ever do that. Never give your phone locked or unlocked if possible uh, to a police officer. It's just not a good idea. Uh, Heather, what are your thoughts? That is an excellent tip. Also, maybe just turn off face ID if there's a cop involved because they mm-hmm. anyways. OK, so mm-hmm. going back to the topic at hand here, um, I I also kind of sometimes will like save my my ID cards to my phone just to have them. I think the secret here is never making it mandatory. And you actually this is interesting. It ties back to the Amazon stores is you see once these like digital versions of our wallets become more popular that that people who don't have it are sort of blocked out. Um, So they actually passed a law in San Francisco that says every store has to take cash um, because then the people who were like living on a cash only economy couldn't go to the Amazon store. So the Amazon store guy now has a box of cash. Please don't rob them. Um, (laughs) Just for like the one person a year who's going to know this law exists and wants to buy a sandwich. Um, So I think you need something like that for IDs too. Like it always has to be an option. It can never be mandatory that you have to have a digital version. Um, and I would just always carry both of them on me just mm-hmm. in case. Yep, I agree. Um, certainly would would want to keep both of them with me uh, no matter what. But I, at the same time, uh, you know, the, the privacy advocates and the sort of um, self-security and autonomy, all of the, the discussions about that, I think, are incredibly valid and are things that we should keep in mind. And so keeping both is, I think, super important. 
I do like the idea that if I were to go to uh, in, in, a, in a world where in a world where the pandemic <laughs> is uh, sort of past us, um, you know, going to a bar and just being able to show my phone and then also pay with my phone and have all of that just be done. And that means that I don't have to bring a bag along or I don't have to wear uh, a a jacket that has pockets inside. And so there's less for me to lose. Um, I really like that as a person with ADHD, I have anxiety, no matter what, anytime I go anywhere that I'm going to lose something. (laughs) And so the less I have to carry with me, uh, the, the better. And so I like it for that. And, but I could see in the same way that you can carry your auto insurance in your vehicle, uh, keeping a physical copy of your ID in your vehicle, um, so that it's there is, is really nice. But yes, in terms of mandating, uh, this, that's where things get a little, ugh, and uh, certainly not something I would advocate for. Um, but having that and being able to tap like Dan was talking about, um, and, or even, uh, you know, going to, to work and being able to use my phone as a way to get into work is all of those, uh, seem quite nice. Uh, Bart, why don't you wrap us up on this topic? Yeah. So well, like, I'm a huge privacy note, right? I'm, I'm the guy who doesn't have a Facebook account. I, I'm that one guy. Um, I exist. And I actually <laughs> love it because this is actually more private than physical cards could ever be. And as Apple have constituted it, you actually, it can't replace your card. It can only augment it because the process starts with you taking a picture of your existing ID. So if you don't have an existing ID, then you can never get it into your wallet. So that's great. It also never displays it as a picture. So the idea of being asked to hand over your phone to show it to a policeman is just a non sequitur. That's not how it works. It works just like Apple Pay. So Apple Pay never shows you your credit card on screen, right? It's you, You tap it on the terminal. It tells you who is about to charge you and how much they're about to charge you and then you biometrically agree to the money change of hands well in this case it would be who is asking for information and the really cool thing is the api lets them ask for only what they need so if you're traveling it's going to be travel related stuff but if you're going to a hypothetical future liquor store they can just ask for an assertion that you're over 21 like not even what age you are just an assertion that you're over 21 so you'd see you know bob's booze coming up as a requester and the information they want is just over 21 question mark and you would then touch ID face ID or whatever to say yeah let Bob know that I'm over 21 and then instead of handing over an ID card where they suddenly know your home address and everything all they know is it's legal for me to sell alcohol and hey presto job done and you've ended up with more security more privacy more convenience and you don't often get to have all of those things at the same time and I really like it when someone does that and since Apple have done this as an ISO standard I am really hoping it rolls out to the rest of planet Earth say the Republic of Ireland for example <laughs> Alright that was our final topic we have just enough time for a bonus topic so I want to ask you uh, do you tend to open the windows at home? Are you a hermetically sealed air conditioned environment? What is sort of your weather uh, behavior? Heather? This is such an East Coast question. (laughs) (laughs) I realized as I was asking it, but not before I wrote it. So, okay, I don't have air conditioning here in San Francisco. It's not a thing. Um, So I... I can open my windows when it's not like an AQI over, say, 50, so it's not a bad wildfire smoke day. Um, and then we, of course, keep them open if there's ever guests because of the pandemic. And like this question just did not used to be so fraught. 
Uh, there's one situation pretty much when I do open my windows. I do have, I, I'm blessed to have AC, uh, where I live in Petaluma. Uh, but the one situation in which I, uh, feel it necessary to open my windows is right before my partner starts cooking. Uh, and then we can air out all the smoke that somehow finds its way into the house as, uh, he is cooking. But don't tell him I said that. All right, Bart, your turn. <laughs> yes, 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 a thousand times yes. Um, our windows have this good thing where you can click them open so they're locked open by about an inch, so it means that in the Irish weather they won't blow any further open. And I just, I always want a bit of fresh air in the house. And we we don't have airco in Ireland. That's not, that doesn't exist here because we would need it once a decade or you know, maybe twice. So yes, absolutely, give me all the fresh air all the time, but let me do it so the rain or the wind can't get in. Yeah, we don't have air conditioning either, uh, and in fact, in the past few years, haven't even used the um, uh, the window units that we do own. Uh, I will say it's nice to get a breeze in. I definitely see people in the East Coast who have air conditioning, and then they never open their windows. Like, even if it's like a nice, pleasant day where it's not super hot, they're still like locked into their little air conditioning cave. So, uh, yeah, I, I like opening the windows. Some of us have allergies, Dan. <laughs> yeah, including me. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you all for your answers to that bonus question. We have reached the end of the show, which means all that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guest this week. Heather Kelly, thank you so much for being here. Anytime. And Bart Bouchots, thank you so much for joining us. It was every bit as much fun as I thought it would be. Thanks for having me. <laughs> and Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>